The Sons of Liberty is a politically neutral organization. We believe that the Judeo-Christian ethic has provided the principles upon which this nation was founded. It is our belief that these principles provide not only the foundation and framework for American government and society, but are also essential to the maintenance of a fair and just society. All program content is based on a Christian biblical worldview. One of you said to me recently that we shouldn't rock the boat. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I want to tell you that I am a boat rocker. Good morning, America. Welcome, Christians, conservatives, constitutionalists, liberals, libertarians, communists, Islamists, LGBTQ, RSTUV, WXYZ people, all the boat rockers who are in the house, and anybody else I may have missed to the Sons of Liberty radio show here on Red State Talk Radio, where we use the Bible and the Constitution not to see who's on the right or the left, but who is on the straight and narrow. I'm your host, Tim Brown, coming to you live from the U.S. occupied state of South Carolina, the editor at Sons of Liberty Media.com. And for Muslim friends, I'm the infidel that Allah warned you about. I hold to the book, the Bible. As the authoritative word of God, glad that you guys have joined us here on Thursday morning. If you would like to check us out online, please do so, sonsoflibertyradio.com and also sonsoflibertymedia.com. In fact, if you head over to sonsoflibertymedia.com, you're listening by way of Red State Talk Radio. Scroll down right on the right side of the page, and you will see that we are going live in a video stream. If you'd like to join us, that's right, you can see the faces made for radio uh, right here on the right side of the page. You can also click onto that and join in the chat. We've, we've got a chat room that's going on there as well. And then at 3 p.m., you can catch Bradley. He's on at 3 p.m. Go to sonslibertymedia.com. His video is right above mine there. And while you're there, subscribe to our newsletter. This is a way you can help support us. Uh, we don't rent your email. We don't sell it. We don't spam you. You get one email a day that gives you all the articles that we've produced for the day. And uh, that's by myself, by Bradley, and the contributors we have at SonsOfLibertyMedia.com. Also, just to let you know, we don't ask for money, but we do let you know we have needs to do everything we do, whether it's radio, whether it's internet, or being out among the people across the country. And reminding them, or even educating them in some means, some people don't know, they still don't know, about the Christian and constitutional heritage that we have and how to resist tyranny and to honor God in the process of doing that. So if you would like to help us in that, you believe in that message, the message of the Sons of Liberty, you're able to do so. We're not asking you to go into debt or put yourself in a bind, but you're able to do so, and you give with a cheerful heart, then there's a donate button up here at the top of sonsoflibertymedia.com. You can click that and make a one-time donation. You can also partner with us and become a son or daughter of liberty. That link is also at the top of the page. And then our store is available, too. We sell products. We sell T-shirts and hats and CDs and coffee mugs and water bottles and all that stuff. And they're great conversation starters uh, for things that you'll normally have. You know, you put a T-shirt on, you have a cup of coffee, all these kinds of things. Great conversation starters, and you help support the Sons of Liberty in the process, and we appreciate that very much. Okay, last week we had Oren Heatley on from RecallGavin2020.com. They they have just passed over the the 1.5 million signatures they have on their way to 1.8. That's what they need in order to recall the California Governor uh, Newsom. 
who has been a complete tyrant, not just with the COVID stuff, but with a lot of other things too. So they have, they've, they've pushed through that. We also had Representative Eric Mortensen from Minnesota. He had just filed articles of impeachment against Governor Tim Walls there. We had him on last week. And this week, <clears throat> I had just remembered, because I sat in on a, constitu- a Constitution Party a Zoom meeting for a brief period of time, then I had to go because I had something I had to do. And I heard where the guys were gathering there to set up impeachment just across the line from me in North Carolina of Governor Roy Cooper. Now, I got my own beef with Roy Cooper because we're right on the line, and so certain things that are going on in North Carolina are a result of his tyranny uh, that my family has to endure. Uh, We basically lost going to Carowinds. We spent $1,200 as a Christmas gift with our kids. We wanted to, you know, utilize some time for that, unable to go because of his tyranny. And uh, now they've they've come in with their own. Carowinds has come in with their own tyranny. I've been trying to get in touch with those people because I'm pretty ticked off because now they're putting in all kinds of ridiculous things to go to a theme park. You've got to wear a mask at a theme park. You you've got to social distance. I guess they're going to be staggering people on the ride. You can't sit beside anybody or something. And they want to check your temperature. I don't know what they're going to find by checking your temperature. Um, and all of this other tyranny. And I'm just not going along with it. Even if I lose the twelve hundred bucks, I'm just not going along with it. Uh, but we got two guys who are with us this morning. Now we've had them on the show before, uh, Al Pisano, he's a former, uh, gubernatorial candidate for North Carolina and also Kevin Hayes. He's former U S Senate candidate for North Carolina. And I uh, want to welcome you guys back to the sons of Liberty this morning, guys. Tim, thank you. It's great to be back here. Yeah. Yeah. Good to have you and Kevin, you as well. Yeah, thank you for having us back. All right. Uh, <clears throat> now, here's the thing, guys. You were talking about in this Zoom meeting uh, a lot of different things because, uh, Al, you head up the Constitution Party in North Carolina. And, Kevin, I know you do a lot of work there, too, uh, the, the website and other things as well. So you guys are actively involved. And um, let's get the ball rolling here. You've got a website that's, uh, that's up. And let me, let me show people this real quickly, and we'll probably be referencing this throughout the show. But uh, people can go and check that out now. It's called impeachroycoopernow.com. Impeachroycoopernow.com. Now, Kevin, I'm, I'm assuming you got something to do with setting up the site here. And uh, but let's let's start off with you, Al. What what brought all this about? What what is what is your beef? Because you've got a lot of things that you've got a, as articles of impeachment against Roy Cooper. And uh, let me kick it off to you first, and and you let the people know. What got this? What got this started? What was this? The COVID stuff? Was it stuff before that? What, what's going on? Well, Tim, uh, basically, if you remember last time I was on your show, I was actually uh, campaigning. I was running for governor of North Carolina as the Constitution Party of North Carolina's candidate. Um, and we, when we talked last time, you had me on the show. So, what ended up happening is. Uh, course we know the whole COVID situation and I think uh, most people that are in the know and and looking at this this whole spectrum of everything that's come about not just in North Carolina but throughout the country and even globally throughout the world this has been used as an envelope uh, basically to uh, hide tyranny and usher usher in tyranny I saw this from the get-go when I was doing uh, my campaign and right off the bat I was able to uh, 
identify a number of unconstitutional actions that were being taken by Roy Cooper. And I start calling out the legislature during my campaign. And at the time, the, the man who was one of my uh, opponents in that race, the then Republican uh, Lieutenant Governor of North Carolina, Dan Forrest. So, uh, you know, I start seeing this tyranny go on and on. I was warning people, this is not a two-week situation. If you think this is about their little slogan, we're going to slow the curve. I'm sure you remember that. I was telling people that's a lie. It's not going to let up. We're going to continue this. And so what I end up doing, uh, Tim, is I sequestered myself into my home for about four days and took about 10 to 12 hours each day to go ahead and uh, do the research and draft up these articles of impeachment that uh, we drafted up. I had some help with uh, Kevin Hayes and the Constitution Party of North Carolina's executive committee. Uh, submitted the final draft to them. They reviewed it. They approved it. And uh, we then submitted that early. I think it was in July of last year. But we submitted these articles of impeachment to the North Carolina-led, Republican-led House of Representatives, to the North Carolina Republican-led uh, Senate, to the then-Lieutenant Governor and Republican candidate for governor, uh, Dan Forrest, and also we submitted one right to the governor's office uh, to Roy Cooper himself, the articles of impeachment, along with an accompanying letter that went along with that and the reasons why we were submitting these articles of impeachment against a man who elevated himself to the status of a king or a tyrant. But he didn't do it alone, Tim. He was complicit with the Republicans and the Democrats in this state and their leadership because they allowed him to get away with this. That's what we were going to stop. That's what we're still pushing for to stop. Okay. All right. And, uh, yeah, um, Al, I think maybe Cooper sent somebody around your house. Your dog's picking them up there. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Give um, me a second. I'm going to take care of that. Yeah, go ahead. Take Do that. Now, just so people understand, this is the stuff that we're talking about when we say you're the solution. Now, Al's made the point here. The Republicans and Democrats are on the same page with Cooper, just like they were on the same page <clears throat> with Trump as far as all of the stuff that was allowed to go on in the country. And just like they're on board with Biden and, and this whole, you know, we're past the curve thing, uh, this is now... You know, they're saying, oh, we've got to we got to save the people. You can already see them turning down the PCR test cycles to say that the vaccines are working, despite the fact that, you know, over, I think, 1,200 people just within less than a two-month time period have died. We've got thousands with adverse reactions uh, to the vaccines and uh, all the other stuff that's going on with there. But this is what we talk about, people. This is the practical application of what the Constitution says. Let me read it to you. Section, uh, excuse me, Article 2, Section 4 says, The President, Vice President, and all civil officers of the United States shall be removed from office on impeachment for and conviction of treason, bribery, and other high crimes and misdemeanors. So when you hear these cats come on the talking, show, talking head shows, and they say, well, this doesn't rise to the level of impeachment. Well, wait a minute. Impeachment can be a misdemeanor. Okay? It can be a misdemeanor because the guys who are in office are there to uphold the law. Now, what happens when you remove them? Well, <clears throat> you go back into Article 1, 
Section 3, and this is what you hear. Judgment in cases of impeachment shall not extend further than to removal from office and disqualification to hold and enjoy any office of honor, trust, or profit under the United States. But the party convicted... That's, see, look, impeachment actually did happen, whether we like it or not, or, or you agree with it or whatever, with Donald Trump, just the way it did with Bill Clinton. That They were impeached, okay? They just weren't convicted. But if the party is convicted... The Constitution says, shall nevertheless be liable and subject to indictment, trial, judgment, and punishment according to law. So just removing them from office, that's the first step. The next step is to charge them as a criminal. And um, Kevin, let me toss it over to you. Have you guys talked about that step yet, or are you just on the impeachment part right now? You're talking about the process. We lost your we lost your sound there. Uh, can you hear me? Yep, I can hear you. Okay, you're talking about the process of convicting the governor. Well, the conviction. If you get the conviction in the Senate, there, <clears throat> um, then what is? Do you have you guys talked about what to do after that? Because he'll obviously be removed from office. But then, what about this issue of bringing an actual justice against it? Yeah, he's going to be removed from office. But because of his actions, there's no doubt in my mind that people have died. Um, and oh, businesses have been lost and all this other. So <clears throat> even according to U.S., um, I forget the uh, particular statute that I read uh, before, there are two of them, but if you're infringing on people's liberties anywhere in the United States, the territories, all of this other, and that results in death, then you can have a penalty up to and including death yourself. So I'm wondering, have you guys even discussed what would happen after a conviction? Correct. Well, um, we've been focused on getting it through the House of Representatives first, which they only take a, a simple majority in the House. Um, and that's been the whole um, argument from the Republican-led General Assembly is, oh, well, we don't have the required amount to convict them in the Senate because they would need two Democrats to, um, with all the Republicans in order to get enough people in the Senate to actually convict them. Um, but, yes, we have um, discussed that. Um, but our focus has mainly been on trying to get the House representatives and the Speaker of the House, Tim Moore, to actually go along with impeaching the governor um, until we can get articles of impeachment to the Senate. It's kind of been a mute point for us to you know, talk to the Senate about that process. Um, but certainly, the um, if he was convicted, he would be removed from office. Um, the North Carolina Constitution is probably a little more specific of what they can do in in regards to that, um, different than the um, U.S. Constitution. But um, our main focus has been the House of Representatives right now, trying to get the Speaker of the House, Tim Moore, and the Majority Leader in the House, John Bell, to agree to actually let us introduce articles of impeachment. And they've been kind of a brick wall right now to us. Okay. All right. Um, just so people know, and I forgot it because I, I go through the Sons of Liberty Media thing. <clears throat> If you guys want to call in, the phone lines are open. If you got a comment or a question for these guys, the number is 215-TOP-TALK, 215-867-8255. Please stick to the topic. We're not doing Chinese buffet. We're talking about the impeachment here of Roy Cooper, the governor of the state of North Carolina. And you guys, by the way, are not the only ones uh, involved. Just you two guys. You're you're not putting your heads together and doing this. You've got a whole group of people that you're working with. Uh, let's talk a little bit about that, and then let's get into the specifics of what's going on here, because this is the thing I want to encourage the people who are listening to, or listening to us. 
And that is, you can do it because Al and Kevin are just regular guys. Um, yeah, they've run for office, but they're just regular guys like you and me. And um, so, uh, Al, do you want to take that maybe and uh, tell people how many people do you got working with you? What kind of numbers are you looking at? What are you doing to push this impeachment uh, of the governor there? What are some of the, I guess, day to day things that you're doing? How many people you got involved? And what do you what do you need people to do uh, to advance this a little further? Yeah, Tim, um, I'm glad you asked that question, because this is not just some little fringe movement uh, anymore. When we first discussed the uh, articles of impeachment, a lot of people had no idea what I was talking about. Um, You know, then then, of course, everybody remembered going through the first impeachment of uh, President Trump and now the second impeachment that they they've tried up there. But a lot of people had no idea. Uh, it's only been done one other time in the in the state of North Carolina back in the uh, late 1800s uh, that the governor was impeached and removed from office. So we were we were on the cutting edge of this, and we were probably the first uh, group in the entire nation to draft up these articles of impeachment against governors. Since then, a couple other people have been talking to. Uh, to us and, and uh, doing uh, articles of impeachment for governors in their state. Um, and so the this group has grown, Tim, to where we've got, I believe it's close to about 90,000 uh, North Carolinians that have signed on to start working with us in pushing this impeachment effort uh, for Roy Cooper. So it's, it's not a fringe group anymore. And it's probably the largest grassroots movement right now in North Carolina. So the people in Raleigh, uh, you know, we're getting word back because we've got a lot of people that give us feedback as they keep their ear to the ground in Raleigh. That a lot of these, uh, you know, these politicians, and I'm going to call them that because so many of them have forgotten that they were supposed to be representative elected officials for the people of North Carolina, and they've become political party hacks and politicians. They're worried now because they they know who we are with the Constitution Party and that so many people have now joined forces with us towards this movement. They really don't want to try this. So far, the Republicans have been the most resistant towards this movement. And but now they're starting to pay attention because this is starting to grow and people are contacting them. Now, all of a sudden, they're starting to respond back a little bit. Well, they I think that they try to protect everybody. We don't want any trouble. We don't want to rock the boat. Well, that's not what we do here at the Sons of Liberty. We rock the boat when it needs to be rocked. We don't want to rock it, you know, without any cause. But what you're what you're talking about is you're saying that the people they have got to let their representatives know, you better get on board with this. This is affecting our lives. This is affecting our businesses. This is affecting our children. And you're going to get on board with it. We're going to see to it you get on board with it, or we're going to get you out of office. Um, And I think that's what they have to hear, because a lot of these guys have been up there for years, some of them decades. And, uh, and they've got, you know, this is, this is their job. This is going to be their retirement. This, you know, they're going to live off the people, uh, at this point. 
And so <clears throat> I'm glad to hear that you got some people who are working there with you. You got 90,000 uh, that you know of. You probably got a whole bunch more throughout the state. If they knew what was going on, they'd get behind it too. Now, you guys are also looking to put up some, you're going to do something kind of like the guy um, when we had Oren on from uh, Recall Gavin 2020. They've been doing radio ads and billboards and all kinds of stuff to let, and they've got a host of people who are leading. I think he said they had about 125 people up and down the state who were like, I don't know what they are, coordinators or whatever, and then they had like 25 regional people, and then all these people that were being directed as far as, you know, what to do, who to see, put that kind of thing out. And I know you guys are trying to set up a similar operation there. Kevin, let me let me pitch one to you. Um, <clears throat> when we go over here to impeach uh, Governor Roy Cooper, excuse me, impeachroycoopernow.com, uh, there are several things here. Uh, when people click on read the articles of impeachment, it'll take them to this page here, and they can read that, uh, the, the articles of impeachment. I want to go through that with you a little bit. But uh, as Al said, they sent letters to each of these men, Roy Cooper, Dan Forrest, Phil Berger, and Tim Moore. And uh, and then you have a seven-page document, PDF, in which you're laying out these articles of impeachment. Do you want to take a couple, and then maybe we'll pitch it back to Al for a couple of, uh, of the articles of impeachment and kind of walk people through some of the things that you're pointing out where Roy Cooper has overstepped his bounds as governor? Correct. Well, um, so it's not just in relation to COVID. You can go back to several or several areas where um, Roy Cooper overstepped his bounds as, as governor. One of them was when the um, riots were going on in Raleigh and the governor um, basically overstepped his authority. And um, number one, he allowed, he didn't, he didn't step in and control that situation. He allowed the city to be destroyed in Raleigh. Number two, he then further went along and uh, had ordered some of the historic statues there under Capitol removed, and he did not have the legal authority to do that. Um, the General Assembly had passed a law that said that if they were removed, they had to be placed in a similar place um, within a certain period of time. They've not been done done, done with that, that I'm aware of yet. So you can go through. It's not just COVID related. It's, it's multiple areas where the governor has basically just took upon himself to become a king and a tyrant. And the Republican-led General Assembly is is complicit in that because basically they've been just sitting back complaining. But if they're giving this man a free pass by saying, hey, you can do what you want, buddy. We're not going to impeach. You have no threat over here in the General Assembly. And that's exactly what Tim Moore is doing. He's going along with the governor on that. And by he's basically ruling with an iron fist up there in Raleigh, the Speaker of the House. He is saying, well, I really don't care what the people in the state say. You know, we're not going to do this. And they're trying to even compare the impeachment to um, Donald Trump's impeachment, what the Democrats did to Donald Trump. And it's two separately, totally different things. You know, we have a cut, a crystal clear cut case for the impeachment of Warry Cooper. You can go through the articles of impeachment um, and go from there. Um but that's kind of um, – we got like 20 articles of impeachment, I believe it is. And so um, let me pull up the articles of impeachment. I can go over some of them real quick. 
So basically, you can go through each each section. We can specifically lay out what the um, articles of impeachment are, where he violated the Constitution, um, where he violated um, the um, suspending laws. Um, he even violated things where people can't even. If you go through it, you can actually see where he violated, like where people can't even um, publicly gather. You know, he was basically saying, "Oh, well, you don't have the right." To um, to, to um, freely assemble, you know, and there was people in Raleigh that had been arrested for assembling because they didn't have their face mask on or whatever. They said tri they were trespassing is what they would say. They said, but I know one of the um, former founders of the group Reopen NC, she was actually arrested for supposedly, you know, they she they said she stepped foot on the governor's property, but he has a fence around that property, so I don't see how that's possible. But you know. Um, basically, a lot of this is just going to lie in the court of basically one man in the state. And it's sad to see that one person has that much power. And that's, that's going back to what you said. These people have been basically in, in become career politicians. And Tim Moore is now, if I'm not mistaken, the longest type the longest serving speaker in North Carolina House. So basically, Tim Moore, he's the Nancy Pelosi of North Carolina, if you want to go that way. So we've got to do something to, um, we got to do something to, to, to get the Republican General Assembly to address this. North Carolina, we do not have the option of recall. So our only course of action to hold this governor accountable for what he's done is going through the General Assembly. And there's only 120 people in the state who can remedy this right now. Okay. All right. Now, you, did I get you, did I hear you right? They were arresting representatives for not having masks on? Not representatives; no, they're okay. representing um, citizens. Okay. But they weren't, that wasn't a reason. They, what they were saying is, "Oh, you're trespassing." You know, they can't get you on the face mask. Although I will say, the Republican-led General Assembly re, um, repealed the in North Carolina. It was illegal to wear a face mask in public, um, according to state law. Well, when all this began, the Republican-led General Assembly, in the name of safety, repealed that law. Um, and now you got people where you can walk into a bank now wearing a face mask, um, and so. Um, it's, it's leading to other other problems now in the state. Um, there was a reason they had that that law in place, you know, over the years is why you couldn't wear a face mask. So, um, like I said, the Republican-led General Assembly, Ward Cooper may be doing it, but they're complicit in it. And for representatives sit back and say, well, we'll do it, but we got to get the speaker's approval. I mean, th does that mean that the, the, the North Carolina is basically ruled by one guy, you know? Um, I don't understand what, what the issue is. I think they're just afraid that they don't even have the votes in Raleigh to do it. But if we get represented to introduce articles of impeachment, um, we can put these people on record. Um, with that being said, if you go to our Facebook group, um, which used to be Reopen NC and now it's called Impeach Warrior Cooper, uh, we've got close to 90,000 people, about 88,000, a little over 88,000 people. And so we're doing weekly call to actions um, twice a week, and we basically put each state representative's contact information and um, email address and have people get a call and email. And from what I hear is some of the state representatives are getting really frustrated with the amount of phone calls and emails they're getting. So it's starting to work. Um, we're starting to hear some feedback from it. <laughs> I like to hear that. I like to hear that they're getting frustrated because they have to do their job. I, I like that. These guys are not sent up there to have cushy little posh jobs. They're there to represent the people and uphold the law. 
And <clears throat> when they're not doing that, they should get a little frustrated. Good for the people in North Carolina to call in there and get on their case. They're their employees, guys. They're not your leaders. They're your employees. And when the employee isn't doing a good job, what do you do? You don't sit there and say, had a boy, I'm going to give you a rate. No, you say, you're not doing the job right. This has got to be done. This has got to be handled. And good for the, good for the people in North Carolina to do that. And, Tim, I don't think that they've ever had a group of organized people, 90,000, close to 90,000, that have directed their um, anger and their um, frustration on the one issue. So we're trying to focus everything on this one issue because without the Republican-led General Assembly, and I keep saying Republican-led because, you know, they're they're the majority in the um, House of Representatives and the majority in the Senate, Without their support, we cannot hold this governor accountable. We have no other options in North Carolina. We can't recall the governor. And, and they basically give this governor free reign to do, do as he pleases. And so um, I don't understand. And also something I don't understand is the moment that the governor is impeached in the House is very unique. It's different than other states. The very moment that the governor is impeached, while the trial's going on, the lieutenant governor is elevated to governor. So Mark Robinson, the current lieutenant governor of North Carolina Republican, would become governor, and he can then start, hopefully he would begin reversing some of the damage that Governor Cooper has done while the governor's being tried. So I do not understand why they haven't already implemented this. Okay. All right. No, that's good to know that they've got somebody else who's going to do it. Now, I know Dan Forrest has some issues of his own, too, but uh, but I guess getting if you can get him on board to not engage in some of this stuff. One of these things that you guys have talked about now, we'll, we'll switch back over to you. This one comes uh, here. I'm, I'm sliding down through here. He's Because you guys mentioned prior to this particular uh, article here, you say uh, Governor Roy Asbury Cooper the third usurped the rights of the people with his executive orders that violates Article One, Section 1 of the North Carolina State Constitution, which reads... The equality and rights of people, we hold it to be self-evident that all persons are created equal, that they're endowed by their creator with certain inalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and enjoyment of the fruits of their own labor and the pursuit of happiness. Uh, You write, he has denied the people their rights to own and operate a business by declaring certain businesses as essential and others non-essential. He has done this in an arbitrary and capricious fashion or manner without due process of law, thus taking on the role of a dictator and not an elected governor that is bound by the rule of law. Now, everybody says, well, this is Democrat governors that are doing it. Well, wait a minute. I live in South Carolina. I've said this before. We've got a Republican governor. He uses the same kind of Nazi-esque type talk, essential, non-essential. But it's not just a violation of that. I, I pointed out to people, it's a violation for Christians. It's a violation of the fourth commandment. We're commanded, six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord your God, in it you shall do no work. And so <clears throat> it, the, the command is not just to rest a day of the week, it's to work six days. And if you're restricted from work by government, government has usurped its authority, has put itself in the place of God, and now begins to dictate to you a different law. Guys, this is Mark of the Beast. This is what this is what I talk about when I talk about on your right hand, your forehead, what you do and what you think. They want to be God to you. And I'm glad that you guys are pointing this out. This is a big deal. How many how many businesses have went under in North Carolina that you're aware of? Uh, and, and maybe even people lost their jobs. They're jacking up the unemployment, you know, to kind of balance that out 
I think at the federal level, like four or $600, something ridiculous, extra a week on top of the 60% they're already paying. How many businesses are you aware of that have gone under in North Carolina as a result of some of the tyranny that's gone on here? Tim, I, I don't know. I haven't looked at the, uh, you know, the Secretary of, of State to see how many businesses have gone out. I can tell you this, though. Um, during the campaign, myself and Kevin Hayes, we traveled to all 100 counties in North Carolina and we campaigned. Um, and we've gone to, you know, a lot of these counties in, in North Carolina, they're rural, very small towns, very small communities. Well, with, without exception, every county that we went to in all these small towns, businesses out of business, main street storefronts that prior to this were, were bustling. I mean, let, let's face it, whether people agreed with what was going on the past four years or not, you can't deny the fact of, of how the economy was booming and small town America was coming back with, with abandon. Um, and small business owners were really, really, it was taking off. Well, what we observed going through the, the, so many people that we talked to had been devastated. They were either employees that lost their jobs or they were small business owners who vested so much of their time, their money, their blood, sweat, and tears, their very souls into their small businesses that had them just pulled out from under by these mandates by not only Roy Cooper, but like I said, with the compliance of the Republican-led House of Representatives in North Carolina and the Senate, they didn't say a word to stop this guy, okay? So we saw the devastation. Um, I was surprised at the emotional impact that this this campaign had on me because of me seeing that and seeing the, the devastation that these policies from the governor and the complicity of the uh, of the uh, two political party system leaders assisting him to do this. And they were playing politics with this. I mean, there's no doubt about it. The Republicans thought, well, if we let the people hurt long enough, they're going to vote this man out in the landslide. And so they were playing politics with this, with the lives of people. That's morally wrong. It's, it's indefensible for Tim Moore and, and, and Phil Berger and every one of the, the Republican representatives, and hopefully some of you are listening, you're morally culpable for what happened and what's still going on in North Carolina. So um, the devastation is widespread. You know, tens of thousands of jobs uh, have been lost and small business owners have been devastated throughout North Carolina because of this. And it, quite frankly, it was disgusting and it's sickening and it's still going on, Tim. And it's it's inexcusable that people are playing politics with this, primarily party hack politics, instead of representing the people and trying to alleviate the pain and suffering that the government placed upon these people. These people were competing in the free market and doing very well, but it was the government who crushed them on this. And it was very devastating to see. Um, Tim, if you want, we can go over a few more of the uh, articles of impeachment um, that yeah, we let's, have here that was devastating. Let's do that. Let, uh, here's here's one I want to ask you, <clears throat> and maybe you can speak to uh, a couple of examples. Um, he has usurped the rights of the people with his executive orders that violate Article One, Section 7 of the North Carolina State Constitution, which reads, 
suspending laws, all power of suspending laws or the execution of laws by any authority without the consent of the representatives of the people, this is this would be your, your state house, is injurious to their rights and shall not be exercised. What are some things that Roy Cooper has done where he has just said, you know what, I'm going to executive order this kind of thing and to heck with the you know what the Constitution says and the law says, I'm going to do it. I don't care what you people think. And they always cover it with, uh, we have your health in, in best interest. We, we're looking out for you. These are people who sanction the murder of the unborn in the womb, but yet somehow they're concerned about your health and, and well-being. What are some of the things that, can you give us a couple of examples? Maybe, Kevin, you want to chime in too after Al and give a couple of examples of things that he's done that violate this? Well, I'll tell you, uh, one of the things that he did, there is a, um, he decided on his own, Tim, about these, uh, he was using this COVID situation to do all kinds of stuff. Well, <clears throat> one of the situations that he did at the same time, when people were rioting and destroying the different cities in North Carolina, he decided on his own, he was going to go ahead and start pulling down uh, monuments that were placed on the state house which the governor does not have any authority to do. Now, the governor can do something like that for if it's an immediate safety issue, as if, let's say, the monument was crumbling and it was a physical danger to people, uh, so they would have to remove it to a location that would be named, repair it, and then put it back on the same location. Well, what he decided to do was stretch that idea of safety at the same time when Antifa and BLM, or the Black Lives Matter movement, uh, were protesting statutes and stuff that he decided well it's a safety issue because the, these people don't like it and they're threatening violence if it stays up so he was going to use the the uh the, the public safety issue there so can, can i can i pause you there just a second i want to i want to make sure that i'm clear yeah he removes the statue because criminals threaten violence he removes the statue instead of dealing with the criminals do i got that right that's that's exactly right okay he refused to go ahead and deal with these criminals that were committing crimes. Uh, when when Raleigh was was burning, he refused to bring in the National Guard. Okay, um, he was complicit in when these people actually, along with government officials and their approval and cooperation, Tim, shut down Interstate 40 to do a protest, along with police escorts that were granted. Now, you can't do something like that unless you get the, uh, you know, the, the Department of Transportation's permission. A, a locality just can't shut, shut down an interstate unless there's a public safety issue or an emergency type of thing. Well, they had gone into agreements with these protesters to allow them to block all the, 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 the lanes of Interstate 40 on numerous occasions and give them police escorts to do so. But he also, like I said, he, he violated... Uh, the statutes where he removed those statutes and he's not replacing. Um, so, but he had to go there. There's a certain committee that gives permission to do that. And that's in state law. So he violated the state law without any authority to do so. He also went ahead and violated the law because he was supposed to get permission in a, and when declaring an emergency, a state of emergency, like this mask mandate for shutting down the schools and the things that he's done there with the um, with the council of state they never they never gave their approval for him to do any of this but he re, he he disregarded that law and just went ahead and continued to do it anyhow so you know he's he's violated the 
the uh, right the the United States Constitution and the Bill of Rights on the First Amendment and the Fourteenth Amendment, uh, the Equal Protection Clause in the Fourteenth Amendment by declaring certain businesses essential and other ones non-essential, religious activities not to be essential, but liquor stores and, and other places were considered to be essential. So he was he was specifically targeting different groups in violation of the Equal Protection Clause under the Fourteenth Amendment. The right to assemble and the right to uh, you know your to to protest your your government for redress of grievances, if you were one protesting the mask mandate, but not if you were one that was going to burn the city down in the name of uh, you know uh, Black Lives Matter or George Floyd or anything else. So right off the bat, he's violated the U.S. Constitution and Bill of Rights along with the North Carolina State Constitution and a number of general statutes. And I would also say that he was, uh, the very groups that were involved in, in, in the, the rioting met the actual legal definition of domestic terrorism. And he was aiding and abetting them in doing what they were doing. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I completely agree that that's what's going on. We have guys doing that. But then we come back to the issue. The other issue you were talking about, <clears throat> many of the representatives, many of the senators have been complicit in their non-action uh, to, 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 to deal with it. Kevin, has there been anybody, before all these people started calling about it, has there been anybody in the North Carolina State House who has called out Cooper and said, wait a minute, this is, this is way over the top here. Uh, because I want people to get in their minds what I say all the time. You know, we talk about using the Bible and the Constitution, not to see who's on the right or the left, but who's on the straight and narrow. I read Joshua the other day. He says, do not turn to the right or the left, the right hand or the left hand. I mean, he's God is addressing that very thing. Quit getting on the right or the left. Stick to the law. Stick to my commands. Was there nobody in the state house who was calling this out all the time? I mean, surely there was a couple of voices that did that. Can you name off some people who might have done yes. that? Yes, I can. Um, one, the main person, and he is the only one that's publicly said that he would introduce articles of impeachment if the if the well, he's throwing it back on the speaker of the house because or the Republican caucus don't want to allow it to happen. But that's Representative Larry Pittman, who's a pastor out of. Um, I believe it's Cabarrus County, um, and I actually know Representative Pittman, consider him a friend, but I, I strongly disagree with his position because I feel like Representative Pittman took an oath to defend and protect the Constitution of North Carolina and also the United States, and as a, as a sworn official doing so, part of his duties as a member of the North Carolina House is when somebody oversteps and violates that Constitution, is to hold them accountable and the only way to hold them accountable is to introduce and um, push articles of impeachment. And so what he's saying is I'll do it as long as the Speaker of the House, Tim Moore, the Majority Leader, John Bale, and some of the other representatives allow, this, um, allow it to go forward. And that's not what the Constitution says. I'm sorry. You know, if you do not introduce articles of impeachment, then you're aiding and abetting this tyrant um, governor, Amen. Cooper. Amen. Period. And so, um, you know, and I consider Representative Pittman a friend and, you know, um, and also John Bell, the majority leader. I'm friends with the majority leader and I've been back and forth text, texting him. I, I was talking to him um, back in um, November shortly after the election about this and he, his answer is the same thing. 
well, we don't have the votes. We don't want to play politics. We just this isn't political. You know, if the Democrats want to um, not uphold their oath of office, then it's their fault. Then they should be the ones held accountable. You know, and quite frankly, if if you have a state representative who's unwilling to support this, when the case is crystal clear, then they should be removed from office. And to do that, you will have to. The next election, people are taking notice, and we're going to start targeting some of these people in these races, and we're going to get these people removed from office who refuse to uphold the Constitution. And this isn't going away. This is building. You know, we're not going to sit back and be silent. And I think that that's one of the things that they felt like on G will be silent. You know, when the group was reopened in C, they kind of went off. You know, there were just a bunch of people, frustrated business owners and uh, parents who were frustrated about schools being shut down. And they really didn't know where to go. I mean, you had people saying, well, I'm frustrated about this and that. Now we're becoming focused on getting to the solution, which is ultimately the impeachment and removal of Governor Roy Cooper as, um, in, as governor of Carolina. So yeah. um, the, the big issue, though, I mean, I, and, I, and like I said, I, I, when, and I've been dealing with Raleigh, in Raleigh politics for 10 to 15 years now. And I can tell you, I thought that when Tom Tillis was Speaker of the House, I thought he was a horrible Speaker of the House, and I thought that he he kind of sort of ruled with an iron fist. Tim Moore is really making Tom Tillis look pretty good right now because I don't know that Tom Tillis would be blocking blocking this as much as Tim Moore is, and I really don't know what the issue is. You know, um, in in fact, it's so horrible uh, when reopen nc went up to raleigh last year and they brought a petition when i believe they had like maybe ten thousand people sign a petition and they give it to the speaker of the house they stood out in front there's a video where you can see where the leader stood in front of the speaker's office and they waited for him to come out he initially refused to come out once he came out they got him on video and they asked him they said why don't you support this do you not think the governor's violated the constitution and he says no there's a video where the speaker of the house says can you show me where he violated the Constitution? I really don't think he has. You know, that's basically what the, the Speaker of the House, Tim Moore, has done. And um, it's not rocket science, you know. And I think that there's some Democrats we can get on board with this because, you know, if if the governor is willing to overstep the means of the, the, um, the Constitution, then what good does it do you as a representative to represent the people in your district if the governor's going to basically say, well, it really don't matter what you say as a speaker, as a representative in your district. I'm just going to override you and do what I, as I please with, with no repercussions for what I do. You know, so um, the Republicans really need to think about what's going on with this, and they really need to get on board with it because if they don't do something about it, this governor's going to keep on getting worse and worse and worse and worse. And some of it is their own doing. Uh, when Pat McCoy was governor of North Carolina, the Republicans give the governors more power. I don't think they realized what they were doing at the time. And by doing such, in some certain cases, the um, governor basically is just taking advantage of what the Republicans give Pat McCoy as governor. They give him a little more power than he should have had. So, um, you know, but like I said, we're going to hammer this hard. We're doing it every Tuesday. And every Thursday is going to be our call to actions. And at the top of the list is going to be Tim Moore. You know, um, I hope he gets really good and fed up with getting emails blasting in his email on box. And I hope his staff, I hope he has to hire more staff to answer the phone calls, you know, and this is growing. And, and we're not every day we're getting two to 300 people joining the, 
the group, um, and this is not going away. So if they think we're going to back down, they, they do not know what's coming. We are not going to back down. We're going to hold their feet to the fire until we can get articles of impeachment through the North Carolina House, and then we deal with the Senate, the Senate at that point in time. Yeah, you guys have a, a situation kind of like uh, Eric Mortensen told, uh, told us about in um, uh, Minnesota where he seems to maybe have some leverage there in the House, but the Senate is a different thing. However, you know, one of the interesting things when we had Oren Heatley on from Recall Gavin 2020, one of the things he told us was he said, we've got people across the political spectrum who are behind what's going on because of how it's affected them. And they even, believe it or not, they even have the media like CNN and stuff behind them, even taken up for them because it was, it was so, it's so clear as to what's going on. You, you speak about the clarity of what's happening here. Uh, the shutting down of churches, one, <clears throat> one of the things in the articles of impeachment here uh, that you've got a statement from uh, U.S. District Court Justice James C. Dever. Am I saying that correctly? Uh, the third, he referenced Executive Order 138 in Berean Baptist Church, Return America, blah, 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 and said the governor cannot treat religious worship as a world apart from non-religious activities with no good or, more importantly, constitutional explanation. Well, I would go a step further than that. John Calvin said there was nothing that was secular. For the believer, everything is sacred, and that includes uh, when you're a governor, when you're a representative, when you're a senator, when you're a a reporter, when you're um, a, a Joe Average citizen. Everything you do is sacred before God because it's holy. You've been set you've been set apart for that, and the First Amendment protects that. The free exercise of religion—that's not to go down to your church building. That is to exercise what you say you believe in the public square, namely presenting the gospel, taking care of the poor, feeding the homeless, doing all these kinds of things. And uh, and and here it is that they want to stop this kind of stuff. You know, we got people down here in South Carolina that wanted to. Uh, lock all the homeless people up. They don't have anywhere to go, so let's just lock them up. Um, complete, no no crimes have been committed, any of these kinds of things. But you guys have this here. Now, one of the other things that you have in here, if you guys want to uh, take a shot at this, we got about four and a half minutes left. Uh, unless you guys want to hang over for a few, we can go through a couple more of these. That's up to you. I'm willing to hang hang through with you, Tim. Okay, um, we'll, we'll, we'll carry over a little bit. So you guys listening by Red State Talk Radio, if you want to join us on our Facebook page, Bradley Dean, uh, SOL, you can go to beforeitsnews.com, uh, catch us on any of those, or jump on Cutting Edge TV on Roku. Uh, you can pick us up after we finish the show. <clears throat> One of the things that you've got here, uh, Al, is uh, he usurped the rights of the people with his executive orders to violate Article One, Section 14 of the NC State Constitution which reads, freedom of speech and press. Freedom of speech and of the press are two of the great bulwarks of liberty and therefore shall never be restrained. You say, he has denied through executive orders the right of the people to assemble in public and to speak in a public venue with groups of people. Uh, is this because he wants to see social distancing, he wants to see good little commie minions uh, made in a cookie-cutter fashion that they can push away, not bring them together, not join their voices against him? Is that what you believe is going on there? Yeah, I absolutely do. I mean, you know, he, he wanted to stop, basically <clears throat> try to, um, you know, emasculate the population. And, and I say that not as a, as a sexist type term, but basically to 
for the most part to say, hey, we're not going to allow you to gather together. We're going to we're going to harass you, even though it's 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 a mandate. There's no law to it under the color of law, which is that's horrendous to try to uh, intimidate the very people he's supposed to be the governor of and and the the, the chief magistrate and the chief uh, representative for the people of North Carolina. He was using this stuff as a way to shut down um, free speech if you weren't a certain type of group protesting, rioting, burning down businesses and cities. That was permitted. And in fact, if you go to our to the website, impeachroycoopernow.com, you'll see the very pictures up there with this man marching. He's got a little face mask that's hanging off his ear. You can see it right there. And the people he's marching with him were the rioters that were burning down the cities in North Carolina. Those were people that were the rioters, the protesters, as they wanted to call them. I don't call them protesters. They were rioters. And uh, they were a lawless mob. And they were bent on destruction, and they, they wreaked havoc and destruction all through 2020, and this man was marching with them. Okay? so Yeah, he should be held as a traitor for well, doing things you know, like well, this. That's, that's uh, you know, that's that's kind of in, in, in these uh, articles here. Like I said, where, where he was basically um, aiding and abetting domestic terrorism. Okay? And we got that listed as one of the articles of impeachment in here. But so what he was doing, but when the when the at the time, the group reopen NC was protesting with frustrated business owners throughout North Carolina, he was shutting them down. And like I said, some of their representatives were arrested for simply stepping on the public sidewalk in front of the governor's mansion, not even on the property, but in front of the governor's mansion, the public sidewalk, they were being arrested for that. Okay. So, yeah, he was using this without a doubt. Okay. All right. As a tool for intimidation. Right. <clears throat> and these are serious things. It, people, I don't think our people have really thought through how serious this is. When you're when you're going with domestic terrorists, when you're, I'm, we're not talking about people who disagree with a narrative or stuff like this, or they go to the Capitol and they rally. No, I'm not talking about the people who went in the Capitol building, but you do those rallies. You are engaged in a very serious crime against the people. People, you can find out more about this. Go to impeachroycoopernow.com, impeachroycoopernow.com, impeachroycoopernow.com to find out more. And uh, <clears throat> we'll have all the links up, including the Facebook when we do the archive later this morning, if you guys hang on, we'll be right back with Al Pizzano and Kevin Hayes. You guys have a good day. Okay, all right, we're out here. Let me cut off the phone lines for the next uh, host here, and uh, we'll pick up where where we left off here. Okay, so <clears throat> you've got these things here, and there was something else. You know, Al, one of the things, and uh, Kevin, I'll get back to you in just a second, but this is one of the things that when we did the interview with you when you were running for uh, for governor, and <clears throat> I know, you know, your history has been uh, as a policeman and such, and one of the things I asked you at the time, and I, I don't think you're ready to answer uh, at that point, but, you know, Article 1, Section 8, Clause 15 says, that Congress is to provide for calling forth the militia to execute the laws of the Union, suppress insurrections, and repel invasions. 
And one of the problems we have in the United States, in many of the states, not all of them, but in many of the states, is no, uh, they like to call it the unorganized militia, but the Constitution just knows the militia. Now, they've, they've pitched the organized religion, uh, militia, not organized religion, organized militia in uh, the federal statutes <clears throat> to include National Guard. Now, I think they could pull that out and use the National Guard guys as a formation of militia. I think that we could even use police officers who've been trained well, uh, who don't have a chip on their shoulder and, you know, all these kinds of things, and make them a part of the militia along with the people. The the U.S. Constitution gives us uh, two law enforcers, if you will. One is the militia, and they're to be under the direction, obviously, of somebody who is in uh, an elected position of authority. Namely, we read over in the... Uh, Article 2 for the president that he is to be the one who directs the militia. He shall be, this is uh, Article 2, Section 2, he shall be commander-in-chief of the Army, Navy uh, of the United States, and of the militia of the several states when called in the actual service of the United States. So some of these things, like these riots and stuff, had there, in my opinion, had there been militia, you said he didn't call out the National Guard, but a lot of, you know, local militia in their areas could have done this under somebody who was elected locally, as far as I'm concerned, they could have been used to do that. Um, have you got? Have you had time to think about the issue of militia? And again, I know they've been demonized, but they're constitutional. And again, I go back, I don't see a police force and all this other stuff. In fact, that's one of the, the problems that I see in a lot of this. The police in some cities, in some big cities, have been used... To as pawns to enforce some of the very tyranny that other governors and mayors and stuff like that want to enforce upon the people. We've seen arrests for not wearing masks. We've seen you know all kinds of other other tyrannies that have nothing to do with the whole COVID nonsense that's going on. We've seen that. Have you had time to consider that? And I know I'm probably pitching you something out there that you weren't thinking. I didn't mean to put you on the spot, but have you had time to kind of consider some of that as to how that might work even in some of these situations here? Oh, yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> you know, the, 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 to me, the, uh, the, the local county sheriffs are elected sheriffs. It's, you know, it's not the sheriff's department like a police department. It's, it's the office of sheriff in North Carolina. It probably is in South Carolina, too, I would imagine. But the sheriff is the, basically the highest uh, legal authority in every county because he is elected directly by the people. Now, you're your uh, your town and your cities, uh, they have police departments, but they are basically creatures, uh, you know, departments, just like the transportation department, sanitation department, water department. They're, they're the creation of the, the local um, city government itself. So your chief of police is not an elected official. He's a hired official by uh, usually a city manager who's hired and, and paid by, by, the, uh, you know, by the people of that city. Whereas the sheriff in each county in North Carolina is actually directly elected by the people to represent the people uh, in law enforcement. And, and, a, and a sheriff has the authority to go ahead and start deputizing people for certain things. I mean, they used to do it all the time, Tim, back, you know, if there was a there was a criminal or something around that the sheriff could go ahead and deputize a, a posse for a, for a short period of time yep. to go ahead and try to handle that situation. Uh, that authority's not left the the sheriff's office. 
they could still do it. It's never, it's not done. It's not a common practice nowadays, but that doesn't mean they can't do it. Yeah, I, I, I think I, I like that you brought that up because we had, um, uh, I forget the guy's name. <laughs> I had it right there on the tip of my tongue. The guy who runs, Richard Mack. Uh, yeah. who, who runs Constitutional Sheriff. We had him on the show, and he talked about using that, and that say, and that's what I was talking about, using those things. But, you know, in a lot of ways, they need that training. They need good training in that, and um, and I think that can be provided by the sheriff. And it's going to come as volunteers. I realize not everybody's going to be able to do it. It would be like your volunteer fire department, as far as I'm concerned. And a lot of those guys build the community. That's the great thing that I see. They build the community. They're not social distancing. They're not separating themselves out, you know, and just talking to each other on social media or something. They build a community to where they work with one another. They get to know each other's families. This builds a camaraderie and a care for the community and for one another. And, and I, I really think it builds a love for one another, a real love, not, hey, man, I love you, you know, the old Budweiser commercials kind of thing. It's not that. It's a real love that cares for one another it seeks the good of one another, and part of that is to deal with criminals in order that you might protect those who are the innocent. This would, Because we've said over and over, in Romans 13, the king, if you will, are the people. It's not the president. It's not the representative. It's the people. Our, our Constitution starts off, we the people, and what we do is we delegate authority to them to do a job for us. But we still are the ones like what you guys are doing. Hey, you're out of line. You're our employees. You need to be impeached. You need to be removed from office, whatever the case may be. They answer to us. We are the kings of Romans 13 people. We got to get that in our heads. And so if there's if there's things going on like this, we're the ones to bring it back in line. Kevin, let me bring you back in here uh, for just a little bit. One of the other things that you guys have here is um, you've said that he's uh, Cooper has usurped the rights of the people with his executive orders that violates Article 1, Section 19 of the North Carolina State Constitution. Which reads, no person shall be denied the equal protection of the laws, nor shall any person be subjected to discrimination by the state because of race, color, religion, or national origin. And one of the things that you guys have written here is he's denied them the right to gather together, to worship together uh, in a manner they deem appropriate. Uh, However, he's permitted mass gatherings. We kind of touched on some of this. How, in your area... How and I, you guys are in different areas, uh, parts of the state. Uh, maybe you want to chime in too, Al. But <clears throat> how have you seen this affect the churches? Because, well, in my opinion, the churches should be the ones resisting this and saying, "No, you know what? You you don't you didn't uh, give your life for the church, and the church answers to one king, and that's King Jesus. And he has told us to gather together. He has not told us to be in fear and to to submit to your beastly ways here. Right. Well, um, surely to touch base on a little bit of what you were talking before, I'll give you an example. Um, it depends on where you're at. The sheriff in my county, which is a Democrat sheriff, by the way, and the governor's a Democrat, he actually said, I'm not going to enforce his unconstitutional orders. And there was a bunch of sheriffs who said, simply put, I'm just not going to enforce the governor's orders Amen. because they're unconstitutional. And so I think you can get some um, sheriffs on board, even some Democrats that would, would stand up to this governor. But in regards to the church, it's funny you should mention that. Um, I travel a lot across the state for my work, and um, I've had a hard time when this initially happened even finding a church that would even allow me to have in-person worship. And one of the um, – way back when all this began is um, Larry Pittman, which is a state representative – 
is willing to possibly introduce articles of impeachment. He's actually a pastor of a church, and he never shut his church down. And so I went and visited at his church, and I talked to him about it. He basically said, look, he said, this is my First Amendment right. My church met. We decided that we wanted to stay open, so we stayed open. And there's nothing the governor can do about it. And, it, and, if, and if he don't, don't like it, he knows where I, he knows who I am, and he can you know, deal with it accordingly. But the governor didn't interfere. So basically you had a lot of churches who basically – uh, misunderstood Romans 13, I think is a way of saying it, you know, but that's a whole different subject. I'm sure you're familiar with the 501c3 yes, sir. issue we're dealing with and stuff. But so Dr. Ron Beatty, which I'm also friends with, and he's pastor of um, Berean Baptist Church outside of Winston-Salem area. Um, he basically was complying, I guess, with the governor's orders, you know, but he was tired of it. He felt like his First Amendment rights were violated. So they filed a lawsuit. Well, that's where you read earlier that judge um, actually give a, a ruling that said, look, the governor can't treat churches different than he, differently than he's treating people going to Walmart or people going to Lowe's or, or anywhere else that people would gather. So then the governor started changing his executive orders and said, well, with these exceptions, and he would include religious purposes because the governor knew that he had no, no standing on the First Amendment by ordering churches to be shut down. Um but unfortunately, um, and we've got some favorable rulings recently, but like in California, uh, what, what's been going on out there, I'm, I know the pastor whose church was actually fined, I believe it was $5,000 per service that they were holding, and they accumulated fines of upwards of like close to $150,000. And so um, they eventually complied until they were trying to get the um, courts to um, go along and help them reopen their churches. But we haven't, to my knowledge, um, some some of the town's communities in Oklahoma have been uh, very reluctant to actually go forward. With, they're not as far as California, per se, is doing. But that being said, any time the government tells an individual or a church how to worship God, that is a violation of the First Amendment, and it should be dealt with accordingly. If there was no other article of impeachment, if they only had one article of impeachment, that's enough right there. They should automatically should be automatically yep. impeached the governor. Now, um, interesting, I've been um, – I know you had to go on, uh, from Minnesota. You know, they've already introduced articles of impeachment in Minnesota, if I'm not mistaken. And now I've heard recently New York is talking about impeaching their governor, how he, how he mishandled – Governor Cuomo mishandled um, particularly – sending people with COVID back to the nursing homes and basically issuing death warrants for those people. And so, um, and that's another issue that I've dealt with personally is um, I have a um, relative who's in a nursing home and assisted living, and they basically have been in a prison for a year now. Not allowed to come see them. You can't, you can't, they're not allowed to come out. Um, you, you know, they had to spend Thanksgiving like that. They had to spend holidays. They had to spend their birthdays like that. And they're basically, this governor has basically, through um, the governor and his so-called doctor, Mandy Cohen, so-called doctor, she's not even a licensed physician in the state of North Carolina, but she's the director of Health and Human Services. Uh, how does that happen? I don't know. That should be an automatic requirement that you should be a licensed physician if you're going to be, you know, heading up that department. Yep, but, yep. But that, that being set aside, through their stupid executive orders and their rules, you basically have imprisoned 
the entire population of um, people that are living in assisted care or um, nursing home facilities in this state. And these people are, are, a lot of them are getting depressed and you're dealing with all kinds of other issues where they're just making their life miserable. <clears throat> and, you know, I, I don't understand how the people in Raleigh, even the Democrats, I don't understand how they can sit by and allow this to continue to happen. And then you flip the coin and go to the aspect of people whose livelihoods have been affected. We were doing a Zoom call with some of the leadership of our group, and there was a lady, and she broke down in tears. It's like, you know, I, I'm, I'm, she was a, um, a hairstylist, and it's, her business got basically shut down for several weeks. And it's like, how do we implement, how do we go about um, getting um, our lives back? Because they can't make up, the government can't make up all the lost money these people have made. Um, and lost. Um, and so um, I, I would, I'm really hopeful that the, if anything, if we can get one, we just need one person with the courage. One person's all we need. Out of 120 people, we need one representative to do the right thing. Introduce the articles of impeachment. And I'll be honest, Tim, I believe if, if, if um, we can get a representative to do that. I believe you'll get a lot of people to jump on board with that. And I really believe they'll send it through the house. I mean, they don't even need every Republican in the house. They only, they only need 60, uh, one, um, house members. And I believe the Republicans have like 72 or 73, um, house members. So we can lose 10, say we can lose 10 Republicans and still get it over to the Senate. But, you know, unfortunately, um, the way things are set up in Raleigh, and I've dealt with it in years past, is one or two people are basically the rulers in, in, in Raleigh. You know, the majority leader, the Speaker of the House, and the Chairman of the Rules Committee. And so um, hopefully we can get somebody on board. And Tim, um, Tim um, Larry Pittman's the only representative who's been public about it, but there's been a lot of other representatives that probably have said, look, you know, I'm, I'm, I would support articles of impeachment, but you know, we got to get the majority on board. And I know, you know, it's sad to see, it's sad to see that our government is basically controlled by one or two people. And, and we've got to put a stop to that. You know, um, the, the Speaker of the House is basically, his job should be basically to, to oversee the House and not rule as a tyrant. And um, Tim Moore is basically doing no different than Governor Cooper at this point in time. You know, you can say what you want, but Tim Moore's implicit in this. John Bell is implicit in this. And he can, they can throw the blame all they want to governor. But if they don't hold him accountable, they're basically giving the man a free check to do whatever he wants. And he knows there's no consequences to what I do. You know, where's the line in the sand? Is there a line in the sand? And I don't think there is. You know, they want to just play politics with it. And I think that we got 90,000 people. And there's a lot more people out there, but you got all these business owners that are frustrated. You got um, restaurant owners, hairstylists. I can go down the list. And when I went across the state with Al, to all 100 counties, I can tell you, there's people from the Murphy to Manio that are frustrated. And they and I think that we can get something done if enough people get on board. So that's where, if, if anybody can hear me, you need to go to impeachwarycoopernow.com. And you can go to our website, um, Tim, can you pop up the website real quick? If you go down to where it says um, you can um, contact your state representative, I want to I want to show some features to the website. You'll click on that. 
we've got that set up so that um, basically we've got a sample letter there that you can see your state representative. And then we also got it implemented where if you scroll down, you can actually just put your information in and send it right through the website. We made it very simple for you, you know. Um, so yeah, that's, you know, that's great, uh, Kevin, because so many people say, oh, what I do, how did it? guys, if you're in North Carolina, man, you can't get any simpler than this. They already wrote right. the letter for you. And all you got to do is put your name, your address and your email in there and hit and send it. And, and, and that'll <laughs> contact your, your current state representative. And then also I would encourage you to go and, um, and contact Tim Moore, speaker of the house as well. Um, the other thing that we need people to do, if you can go back to the homepage, um, Tim, on the website, and I can show people, we need people to go scroll down. If, if you can help financially in any way, shape, or form, even if it's $5, um, eventually what our plan and purpose is is to take some of this money and maybe start putting radio ads up, billboards, um Funding maybe having an event where we can do. We're eventually going to plan an, a rally or an event at the Capitol, and then basically hold these people accountable. So you, we got it made it real convenient. You can go there. It's very simple. You can click donate if you want. You can sign up. Give us your email so we can contact you. So we can let you know um, upcoming events, what we're planning. Um, but when we plan an event and rally, it's going to be something that'll be announced well in advance. Because we want them to, to know we're coming. You know, we don't want to just pop in and say, oh, we got 50 people or 100. No, we want to have a huge event where people come out and they let their voices be known and heard and do it peacefully and respectfully. But that's what it's going to take. You know, if enough people in cause their state representative and demands that they do this or else they will not vote for them again or even find somebody to run against them in the next general election. That's what they're afraid of. They're, they're really not afraid of a few phone calls. What they're afraid of is somebody running against them and getting them out of office. And so, um, you know, the next thing I'm personally going to be doing, if if Tim Moore does not want to allow us to go forward, then we need to start lobbying to have him remove the Speaker of the House. I mean, that point blank. And I think there's a lot of heat. There's a lot of Republicans that might would go along with that if you could find somebody willing to step up and run for speaker against them. Um, but that's going to be the next step if Tim Moore refuses to do this because, um, you know, you cannot keep continuing to run Raleigh like a, like a tyrant. And I don't know how else to say it. That's exactly what Tim Moore's being is he's being, he's running it like a tyrant. If he's an, if he's telling state representatives, look, you do not have the free ability to introduce legislation that would um, as you please, and they don't have the ability to represent the people in their district, you know, and that's exactly how they do it. Now they may not do it. Tim, I don't know if people know how it works in Raleigh. They may not do it by saying you can't introduce it, but what they'll do is they'll say, well, we'll send something to rules committee and rules committee is basically where they send legislation to die. And so um, they decide that's how they control things in Raleigh. So we really need to get everybody on board. And we need everybody doing the same thing time and time again. Tim Moore needs to have 10,000, 20,000 phone calls and emails every Tuesday, every Thursday going forward until he agrees to allow in articles of impeachment to go forward. Amen. Amen. And I, I like the call to action there. You know, one of the things that you touched on, and uh, I think that's a good way to kind of uh, phase out the show here, and I'm going to give Al just the last word 
but your, your call for people to help in any way they can, if they're in North Carolina, to send the letter also to help in promotion of what you're doing. This is not about promoting uh, Kevin or Al. It's about your liberties there, people uh, of North Carolina. Your liberties are being infringed on. And you ought to be ticked off about it, ticked off enough to at least send an email, maybe 5 or $10 or $100, whatever you got, to help promote this to get rid of tyrants. Because the more you leave them in there to engage in their tyranny, the more you embolden them to engage in more tyranny against you. And, uh, you know, Al, I think you were making mention at the first of the show. Just want to give the, throw this quote out again. This is, again, one of the things that we talk about. This is from the second president of the United States, John Adams. He said, There is nothing which I dread so much as a division of the republic into two great parties. And many of you listening to me today, you think the two-party system is an American system. It is not. Nowhere in our Constitution do we talk about dividing ourselves. We're to be united around the law, the Constitution, and, and the Bible. Okay, um, And uh, it says, uh, in concerning, excuse me, each arranged under its leader... And concerting measures in opposition to each other, this in my humble apprehension is it to be dreaded as the greatest political evil under our... He called it an evil. And today we have people talk, oh, we only have to vote between the greater, the lesser of two evils. It's still evil. It's And you support it. You give your consent to that evil. We've got to stop doing that. That's something I want to say because... Al, you were talking about, okay, yeah, Cooper is, is a Democrat, and then you got you got more there. But then you have all the Republicans who've been cowards. And I'll remind people, when you go to the book of Revelation in chapter 20, you'll, excuse me, 21, you'll read that cowards are the first ones that find themselves in the lake of fire. We need men of courage. We need men who aren't bent by the political party that they're in, that they're you know a part of or whatever. We need men who are, go- are willing to stand and uphold the law. Now, when I had both of you guys on the show, and we had Don Blankenship, too, running for for president, um, the whole idea was, okay, if I'm wrong about something, the the Constitution is to direct my actions as far as what I can or cannot do. You were willing to be bound by that. Today, we can't find people to do that. What would be your last word here? I just want to throw that in. You don't have to comment on that, Al, but uh, I want to give you the last word here going out. And uh, Kevin, thank you for joining us, too. If you guys will hang on about 10 seconds after we end the show, uh, I'll say my goodbyes to you guys instead of just cutting you off. But um, I want to give you the last word. Is there anything else that you want to bring up you think is very important for people to understand and uh, a call to action in this? Yeah, absolutely, Tim. It goes right to what you were saying. This is not a political party issue. This is a we the people issue. This is fighting up and rising up against tyranny and a violation of our rights and our constitution. And this is why this movement here, the impeach Roy Cooper now movement, is not defined by the Constitution Party, the Democrats, Republicans, Libertarians, or Greens, or whatever political party. This goes to we the people directly. Okay, and that's what I'm trying to trying to bring about that's what all of us that have joined up to kind of direct this this momentum to seeing this to a successful fruition okay actually impeaching this man holding him accountable for what he's done maybe having having him have to sit there and hear the devastating stories of what he's done to so many business people out there and employees that's what this is about tim this isn't about political parties um, at all. And we still ha- you still have, though, unfortunately, the mesmerization 
that you know this spell of the political party cults have had upon so many people because we keep hearing back and and, and I'm going to point them out too. Representative Pittman responded to our calls to action by saying, well, we don't have enough Republicans. And my point was, Mr. Pittman, where is it that you do right or wrong based on how many people wearing your jersey? Amen. You're you're willing to go ahead and, and count. Yep. Okay. This is about we the people. This isn't about that's the mindset. We it's Republican versus Democrat. How about freedom and liberty versus tyranny? Where is that at? Yep, that's right. And that's what he needs to understand. That's what Republicans need to understand. That's what Democrats need to understand. It's we the people versus tyranny. Liberty versus tyranny, Tim. That's what this whole thing's about. Amen. I that's a great message, Al. You could just preach on that the rest of you know, we could take thirty minutes and you could do that. Um, I appreciate you guys joining us. You know, one, if you guys didn't hear uh, Bradley yesterday, and I know it stepped on some people's toes. I know they didn't like it. You know, look, I'd, I'd listened to Rush Limbaugh for years. Uh, condolences to his family. He definitely had a talent. But you know what? Nobody broke that two-party thing out of separating people more than Rush Limbaugh. I mean, nobody did it. And, uh, and that's part of the problem. It's ingrained in people's heads. If you have this jersey on your back, you know, Kevin was talking about these sheriffs. They're Democrats, but yet they they recognize the tyranny that's going on there. And they're like, no, nah, we're not enforcing that stuff. Guys, This, the, I think this COVID stuff has backfired on a lot of people. Um, I think a lot of these rioting's have backfired. It hasn't just been COVID. It's been a number of things that's come into place. It's backfired on those who are using it to divide us. Now, they're getting some division. I'm not going to say that they're not. But it started to bring people over. It started to open people's eyes to see exactly what you said, Al. This is an issue of liberty versus tyranny. Now, have you had enough of tyranny, people? Or do you need hungry bellies to get you on that on that road? I hope it doesn't come to that. You guys in North Carolina, um, you've, got, you've got action that can be taken. It's simple action that you can be a part of. And you can make it happen. And uh, join these guys. Go to... Um, impeachroycoopernow.com impeachroycoopernow.com we'll have all this up we'll have the video, we'll have the podcast and we'll have uh, some articles uh, of the guys who are doing it in other states because maybe some of you are looking to do it, some of you guys mentioned Wisconsin some of you mentioned Michigan uh, Northam up in Virginia Uh, you guys should have done that like last year um but uh, you you've got all these governors who are acting unconstitutionally you want to do something about it you can lead the way if it's on your heart to do it go do it it's on these guys heart to do it they formed together they did it you can do it you really can do it and i'm sure any of these guys we can get in touch with Oren. we can get you in touch with al or kevin we can get you in touch with eric uh mortensen up in, in minnesota and they can help you uh, either craft some articles of impeachment, give you some direction of where to go, or they can help you if you've got a state where you can recall your governor or other people. They'll, I'm sure they'll be glad to help you because, again, the the team to be on is the Liberty team, not Republican or Democrat, but Liberty. With that said, you guys have a great day. 22 and a half hours. We'll be back with you. I don't know what I'm going to talk about tomorrow. Uh, we've got – I'm trying to get this Dr. Lee Merritt uh, – She's a doctor who was in the military and all these other things and talking about how these vaccines are set up, that the next run of this stuff they're going to run through is going to kill a lot of people. And this is the stuff we've been warning about for almost a year now 
uh, of what how you how you've been indoctrinated, how you've been set up for this. Uh, it'll either be that or to be on some of this stuff uh, with with Rush Limbaugh, some sentiments on that. And, you know, some things are pointing out. I don't, I don't know just yet. We'll see what the Lord has in mind. Uh, we'll see you at 6 a.m. Eastern tomorrow morning. Adios.